Hello and welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share first-hand experiences on making mobile experiences work. I'm Chris and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, we have Tintech's own Marco LaFriends. Gene and Marco discuss how two-way text messaging is the next step in interaction between brands and the consumer. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Take it away, Gene. Recently, we are seeing a lot of changes in the communication between companies and consumers, and especially with the online first brands and their customers and users. And when I was listening to the panel discussion at the Carrier Community Summit in Frankfurt last month, your comments on some of the new mobile messaging use cases really seem to capture the new dynamics in, like in when and how brands are communicating with their customers. So that's the first place I want to start with. So how are the use cases changing and what does that really mean for brands and companies who are communicating with the customers in terms of new challenges they might be facing? I think it is fair to say in general that the messaging channels, the non-voice channels are currently the bell of the ball when it comes to improving user experiences, especially when you think about that orchestrated mobile communications can help you there. What we see is, is that traditionally messaging has been very strong in three areas predominantly authentication, notification, and promotion. Respective examples are um, banking tents, we all know that, flight reminders, or app invites. All of these three areas involve a process where you push information to your consumer, to your customer, and it's a purely one-way communication. But those times are over. So unlocked by the introduction of communications platforms like ours, it is now a time of new use cases that arise from customer engagement, conversational commerce and collaboration that are in nature two-way, which allow much more interactions, much richer interactions with the consumer and also offer much more flexibility in shaping business processes, utilizing communications. I mean, given the changes you just talked about in how customers are being contacted these days and specifically how that might affect a lot of people internally within the company, what's the best way to meet like everybody's needs when it comes to introducing new communications tools like that? I think that one of the key challenges or advices would be to sort of start centralizing your decision-making process on customer communications. Because if you want to create a good user experience utilizing two-way messaging, you should always build that from the perspective of your consumer and not from the perspective of the departments, which might sound like a very obvious advice, but in practice it's shown that this can be quite difficult for them. So achieving collaboration and consistency between multiple departments like marketing, support, and security, for example, is something that can be challenging. But the good news for that is, is that the communication platforms that are out there by now allow you to play around with this a little bit. So they allow you to design processes to implement them in an agile way with a high frequency of feedback loops of trying out whether that new process actually works, if your marketing department is okay with it, if your product is okay with it, if the consumer gets stuck somewhere or not. So by this agile implementations and the very low friction of building and trying out something new, the risk for the enterprises and the cost is, is very low. So I would just say, try it out, centralize your decision-making process, make it somewhere around your consumer, and then give it a shot. I think it has a lot to do sometimes is about 
allocating their resources when it comes to enterprise environment. So how do you decide when you try to orchestrate these activities, when to use internal resources versus external resources? So you're totally right. My first recommendation would always be to think about what is the differentiator that you want to provide? What is making you competitive? So if customer communications is your differentiator and you want to innovate, you should use basic APIs and, and build it yourself. If you say, I'm a strong competitor in my area because of other differentiators that lie in other areas, it is also valid to use pre-mashed up APIs or even communication solutions, helping you be state-of-the-art in terms of consumer communications. In most cases, the communication platforms, and this is one of their beauties, is that they allow you to decide yourself How much of the business logic do you actually think you should have in-house? And how much of that can you just outsource for a quicker boost? And because of how those platforms are set up, you do not need to make a fixed decision right from the start. So you can always start with a very high amount of external resources, external business logic, hosted services, cloud services, build your processes, be successful with them, and then see, okay, where can I optimize for the cost? But in short, I would say, try it out. Start external if you think it's risky, then move things to internal if you feel recognizing you're in, you're, you're successful with what you're doing. When I hear that kind of decision making, I'm wondering if it has something to do with the organizational readiness or in terms of which stage they're at in their overall digital transformation, because like it or not, I think it's affecting every organization. If you want to stay relevant, so is it is it becoming more painful for organizations with the kind of pre-internet infrastructure and processes, or is it affecting different organizations differently? So for digital enterprises, it's definitely easier than for the others. But even for those enterprises with pre-infinite infrastructure, because the capex is so low to get started with the platforms that all support a pay-as-you-go model, the entrance barrier is even for organizations with pre-infinite infrastructure rather small. It's just that if you see it successful, you want to scale it, and then you might think about actually pushing your digital transition a little bit faster. Let's get deeper into this. And I'm going to ask you to put yourself enterprise customer's shoes, and I'm sure you're asked to do that a lot. And what are the most important things they need to know before start adding new communication technology? But definitely from an enterprise customer's perspective, they need a designed process that is as good as they're not even recognizing that it is designed. And the only way you can achieve it is by committing. If you're going in there half-hearted and say, okay, I give it a shot, but I I don't really think about it. I have this channel I added, I have it there. Maybe it gets traction, maybe it doesn't. I think if you're going with that attitude, you shouldn't start going in there. For a second, let's think that it is a lot of work for a company to actually implement these changes properly. And like, what is really driving this? What is motivating them? What are some of the business imperatives that really drive them to go through this trouble of doing this, implementing new technology or solutions like that? I think you're saying that it is painful to go through that process. might only feel that way if you take a look at the work, but also the work in terms of what you get out of it and what it was like two years ago has changed a lot. It has developed a lot. And I think it coincides very nicely with the consumer trend that the user experience becomes more of more importance for any sort of brand or enterprise to compete against their fellow competitors in the market. The main driver here, I think, is ease of use. 
And that's always something that is painful for enterprises because they themselves don't have anything out of that because you can typically not charge for it. But the ease of use and the user experience is something that is becoming more and more important. To give an example, I just today listened to a UX designer who was giving a speech about what is UX actually. And in that, he gave an example of saying that if you make a choice between products, even the smallest flaw of readily recognized in a direct comparison between products can lead to a quick decision in a, with a consumer. And he used the example of apples, right? So if you have the choice of four apples next to each other, in a supermarket, they're lying next to each other. If you're going for e-commerce or any service that you can get, as of today, you go to Google, you get the top three, four results readily next to each other. You can compare them easily. You can go onto the websites, try them out instantly. You will recognize in your user journey the smallest flaws quite quickly in the user experience. And that can lead to a very quick decision in a consumer, not based on the product quality or anything, just in the pure experience of how you experience that product or the onboarding even or the engagement. So you need to have a strong focus on keeping your consumers happy or content when being in contact with you. That's a good point to really ask you to switch the perspective now. I want to take a look at it from the consumer's point of view and, and what this kind of change really means for them. And quite honestly, if they even want it. I mean, according to, I guess, the latest uh, stats from Statistica last year, like daily social media usage of global Internet users like amounted to whopping 135 minutes. We're talking per day. I mean, do people have really any time and, and attention left to engage with the brands in a little more than what they already are doing? No, of course they don't. And that is exactly the reason why you need to design that user experience. The time of the consumers is extremely variable, right? So if you mess up your user experience and you make them wait and lose time for nothing, you will lose that consumer. And on the other side, I think what this trend is also showing significantly that real-time communications or long emails like or letters or conversations where you need to explain yourself, those communications are too long. So you need to switch to communication channels that are as efficient or as quick, as short as the communication that people are used in social media. So for enterprises to ensure that uninterrupted processes are quick, one way to do that is, and one way the consumers actually demanded is to allow them to adopt their short comment form from social media in the enterprise communication. So you give them something, they send you a quick text back. You react. They don't want to react to that anymore. Okay. But two days later, maybe they send you back a quick comment that they're unhappy with it or something. You need to respect this attention spans, this quickly switching between different topics, coming back to topics, wanting an immediate response or don't wanting a response immediately, but coming back to the topic at when sitting on the couch at 11 p.m. in the evening. So this being available at the consumer's convenience is something that the consumers are driving. It's not that the enterprises say, we want to upsell, how can we do that? It's the consumers saying, well, I just buy the product that is offering me the most convenient user experience and usage. So their decision-making process is very much about how they feel about using that product. And, and one of these things is that you need to respect their time and you need to adapt their communication style, which is predominantly, specifically for certain ages, um, short, short text comments in social media, where they describe and 
couple of words, their desires or their sentiments. Which kind of makes me wonder, is demographics playing a big role here or is it affecting kind of cross-generation now? The demographic topic in regard to consumer engagement has multifacets. It's an interesting topic because millennials are definitely, I think, leading here and driving that trend because they're the ones that pushed it originally. They're the ones that use it in the private communications predominantly. They have pushed the chat app trends massively. They have pushed the, the Twitter trends, the Facebook comment trends, and so on. They have pushed being in a network, pushing out information, sharing information and not gathering it and becoming a, a knowledge monopole, but becoming a very important element in a network and not in, in that network. On the other side, not for all industries, the millennials are the focused target group because their buying power is typically not limited to the millennials or the buying power is not focused in the millennials. But nevertheless, I think those generations, they have such a strong power also on the private communication side that they force also their parents and grandparents and aunts and whatnot to use social media and texting. They understand the convenience and they adopt it too. So on a personal level, even my granddad has WhatsApp, for example. And this is a macro trend across all ages. If there is a certain focused driver in it, I would say yes, definitely the millennials that have grown up with that technology. And I think it is also interesting to see how with the next upcoming generations, what their demand is. So the current people demand convenience, contextual, respect my emotions, my time. What's going to be the answer of the next generation? Then with that, I want to come back to the enterprise side. We briefly looked at the consumer part of this. And even though things are getting easier, are there problems that do brands or service providers like communications platforms and whatnot, do they still need to solve before the consumers can start seeing broader adoption everywhere? There are a couple of things that are still of high attention, that the industry still has a very high attention on. I just named the content adoption between different channels. Although a lot of, I don't say a lot of them, but the leading communication platforms doing a good job and doing that and finding the right fallback and finding the right channel and providing the right information to the enterprises, not all of them are doing it yet. So that's still something that needs to be improved. Specifically, when you think about that, if you're using a chat app as primary channel and currently you can fall back to SMS, which is a ubiquitous channel. If you want to explore the media capabilities of chat apps, there is currently not a ubiquitous fallback for media communications. There is the hope or the desire uh, in the telecommunication space that potentially RCS could be a ubiquitous fallback. There are very good approaches driving RCS to potentially take over that role. Another topic that is constantly being pushed because it needs some improvement is to transparently allow the enterprises to get access to virtualized mobile communications because that's basically what the communication platforms allow you to do. So they take the communication capabilities that you have in a SIM card on a GSM network, they virtualize that, put that in a communication platform, enhance that with other channels, combine that, mash that up, provide business logic for you, that allows you easy integration, quicker adoption. But that virtualization process is, in the traditional telecommunication space, something that needs more democratization, I would say. Another thing that I believe we need to get better at, and that is something that our industry will potentially not do by itself, but there has been its own industry for that, 
it's improved automation for communication. I'm speaking about chatbots and the underlying natural language processing. So we have good starts there, but there are still some things that need to be improved to really create a good experience with automated communications. That tackles the last topic, which is data enrichment, where we also need to find a way on how to properly do data enrichment for communications. With that, I want to thank you, Marco, so much for sharing insights. That was、uh, a lot of topic we covered. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again to Marco LaFrenz for joining us today. You can find out more about Marco, Gene, and Tentech at tentech.com. That's T Y N T E C.com. Make sure to search for Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Tentech, thanks for listening.